Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley's behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. That gets you aboard here. On a Tuesday, I'm confident in the Eagles on Saturday evening against the Giants. Confidence or concern? Where do you lie right now? We'll get to Nick Sirianni, what he had to say today, his press conference this afternoon. And um, we'll get some Sixers as well later this hour as they get set for a game tonight against the Clippers. Trust the pregame coming your way in a little bit. 215-592-9494. Get you bored here on the Tuesday night. And... As we look forward to this weekend, it, it, I, I love the end. I love all the matchups, actually. Uh, I, I really do. I mean, I ex- the one game I was wrong on, and I, and I really should have. I should have. I should have trusted Doug Peterson. I should have trusted Doug Peterson on uh, on Saturday night. And that, that's the one game that I just. I totally was wrong on. I, I, I thought it was a Chargers night. I the Chargers, and I'm watching that game, twenty-seven nothing. I'm like, man, Trevor Lawrence stinks. Herbert's a, a, a high class above him. And I still think, yeah, I still don't put Lawrence in the same class as those guys. But what an incredible comeback by the Jaguars. That call by Doug Peterson late in the game, that fourth and one, was a brilliant, brilliant call by Doug Peterson. Coaching really mattered this weekend. I mean, it really stood out in some of these games. I mean, what what Dable did, uh, I thought Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles, some coaches are just coordinators. Wade Phillips was a coordinator. Todd Bowles is a coordinator. I thought McCarthy and the Dallas staff last night just outcoached Todd Bowles. I mean, he just was lost in that game. I was like, coaching matters. And we'll see a good matchup on Saturday here with Sirianni against Brian Dable. Let's talk about that game and the other teams in the NFC playoffs, including this guy's Dallas Cowboys, Keith McPherson, WFAN, up in New York, joining us right now. Keith, how you doing tonight? Hey, what's up, Joe? I'm I'm good. Thanks for having me. You got it. Appreciate you hopping on. Right, let's start with the game we're going to see Saturday with the New York Giants, a team that you, obviously you're on their flagship. Keith, at what point this year did it start to feel like maybe they are pretty good? Because I know the expectations coming in the year, yeah, new coach, we'll see what they could do, but it's going to take a couple years. How, how long into the season do you start saying, hey, maybe they're pretty good right now? Uh, I would say, like, right away they stole games, so we were thinking they were good. Like, they started the season off um, stealing games. I mean, the first game they beat, the Titans by going for two. And uh, I think the narrative just changed because around December, it was like they couldn't win a game. They hadn't won a division game. They tied against the commanders at home. And they look like a fading team. They look like a team that wasn't going to make the playoffs. The, the game that changed everything was Sunday night football. They got off the mat. It was a you know nationally televised game. And uh, if they would have lost that one, it probably would have been the commanders in their position. And uh, that's when they, they had some life. But early on in the season, 
You know, they beat the Ravens. They went to London. They, they beat the Packers. Uh, they stole a lot of closed games. So there was belief, I think, right away. Keith, um, Daniel Jones, it's, it's interesting. I, the comp I use is, kind of reminds me now of Alex Smith. Remember he came in the league, he was a top pick, and the, the Niners had terrible coaching. Like, I just remember the guys, they had Mike Nolan, Mike Singletary. They just they couldn't, they couldn't figure it out, and he wasn't very good. And then Jim Harbaugh got there, and it's like, oh, maybe he's actually a good quarterback, and, and he was one for the rest of his career. And, and Jones kind of – I kind of think of that now as I watch Daniel Jones. That game on Sunday was impressive. Is all of New York uh, bought in now on Daniel Jones? Yeah, it's funny how uh, going into the season, uh, half the fan base thought Tyrod Taylor could challenge him for the position. You know, they were ready to move on from him. They didn't pick up his fifth option, and the fan base was over the kid. They looked at this year as his last year. Well, you know, he bet on himself in in a sense, and uh, he proved who he was and what he could do. And, and this first year with Mike Kafka and Brian Dable, I just think was exactly what he needed. The Giants' ownership took responsibility by saying, hey, we messed this kid up. We had different coaches, different coordinators. We didn't give him a fair shot to really succeed. And, uh, you know, watching that game over the weekend, I mean, before Dak Prescott went out there and had five touchdowns, I I was saying, you know, who played better than Daniel Jones in the first round? You know, he's playing like the best quarterback in the playoffs, and it's because they built every week. They've gotten better every week. Uh, The narrative around the Giants is that they don't have any talent, which isn't true. Uh, they've got a couple good offensive linemen and Andrew Thomas. And, um, you know, they've got Isaiah Hodgins, who they picked up from the Bills practice squad. And, you know, Saquon Barkley is there as well. So I think uh, Daniel Jones has made the most out of his opportunity with less. And now all eyes are on him. And I think he's got enough experience. And also his demeanor is just the same all the time. The kid is unflappable. He doesn't smile too much. He doesn't get mad or pout too much. He's just the same. And I think that helps you as a quarterback, especially in New York. Well, I agree with that. I mean, the, the probably the best quarterback the Giants ever had was similar. Where Eli Manning, he struggled early in his career, and then he figured it out. Keith, what do you think about this game on Saturday? So we've seen these two teams play twice, but it, it's almost hard to take too much out of either game. The first game, the Eagles blew the doors off the Giants about six, seven weeks ago. But if I remember correctly, the Giants had a lot of injuries that day, specifically on defense. And then the last game of the season – Keith, I don't know what to make of it. I mean, the Giants obviously played their backups. The Eagles needed the game, but it felt like they almost just kind of went through the motions. Hurts played, but he didn't want to bang that shoulder up more, so they didn't really run their normal stuff. It was it almost had a preseason feel to it. So we get matchup number three, but it's almost like, in a sense, matchup number one because these teams are different. Right. I was just about to say, those two games, they don't really hold any weight. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even go back and, and look at those games for anything. All bets are off, like, when you get into the playoffs, especially in the divisional round, you know, the Giants are going to be fired up. They went on the road and they beat the Vikings and they're confident and they have momentum. And then you get the Eagles who look like one of the best teams, if not the best team in football all year. And uh, they're coming off rest. And I'm sure you guys in Philly hope that they come off rest and they're not, you know, sleeping a little bit. Like they're not sleepwalking into the game, that they come out rested and ready to roll. All bets are off. Both teams are different now. You know, I was talking last night on WFAN about Jalen Hurts and all the conversation around him being an MVP. Then he got hurt, and there was conversation around, oh, maybe it's just the system. Then you got to see Minshew, and the Eagles have only played like one game with him in the last month. It's all about him. It's all about how he steps in and what he does, throwing the ball, running the ball, and changing the game. I just think all bets are off. It's hard to call. The Giants are a different team. Guys have emerged. They've got healthy. They got a Dory Jackson back. Xavier McKinney, who you know, broke his hand on the ATV during the bye week. 
that off or that defensive line with uh, Aziz Ojolari, who was out most of the season, Leonard Williams, who missed a lot of time. Obviously, Dexter Lawrence is all pro, and uh, you got the first round draft pick in Kayvon Thibodeau. But you know those guys hadn't gotten that many reps together as of lately. They have so um, looking at this matchup, it's like the the talent less versus the talented, right? But actually. I think the Giants are confident in the talent that they have. Everybody knows what the Eagles have. Uh, I think home field advantage is something that's important all day on WFAN. They talk about Philly fans and the treatment down there and uh, if you should go to the game and wear your Giants jersey or not. Um, But I think that also is twofold. If the Giants have a lead in this game or the Giants strike first in this game, uh, the crowd could turn a little bit. It could get quiet in there. So I'm excited for it. And it being a Saturday night, too, uh, I'm a Jersey guy. I said this is the battle of North Jersey and South Jersey. You know, North Jersey's all Giants, South Jersey's all uh, Eagles. So there should be a lot of uh, local people there from both sides, and, and it should be a crazy crowd. Yeah, it's going to be great. And plus, I mean, I'm not sure when they'll open the gates, but it's a, like you said, it's a night game. So the tailgaters will have, you know, eight, ten, ten hours to get all revved up for the game. So it'll, it'll be loud in there. Keith, uh, I know you're also a Cowboys fan, along with uh, obviously talking about what you talk about on WFAN. So, Keith, your your team, your team could actually be here next week if the, the, both teams, the Cowboys and the um, and the Eagles, win. What do you think about Sunday? I mean, I, I thought the Cowboys probably win that game last night. That Bucks team was just awful. But now it's obviously a step up in weight class. This reminds me, Keith. I, I think we're around the same age. Like, I feel like I'm back in the '90s. I, I, I'm thinking Pat Summerall and John Madden are going to call this game <laughs> Cowboys and Niners. What do you think of this matchup Sunday? Yeah, that's that's exactly what I thought. Just like old times. Uh, I'm, I'm a '90s kid and. I was saying on air last night that, yeah, of course, there were Jets and Giants fans on the playground, but in the 90s, kids were choosing 49ers or Dallas Cowboys. It's like the team from the 80s and the team from the 90s. But uh, the matchup of Eagles and Cowboys is what we really want to see, right? Because we saw Cooper Rush and Gardner Minshew. We want to see Jalen Hurts versus Dak Prescott. We haven't seen that this year. Uh, it's going to take a lot for the Cowboys to beat the Niners, I think. I think the Niners are ready to roll their stack. And uh, the way they set up this Monday night game and the 49ers playing the first game at 1 o'clock their time on Saturday, they've, they've got uh, two extra days of rest. Uh, I just think that, you know, the Cowboys aren't that great. Like, I'm a Cowboys fan, but it isn't like I'm, uh, you know, pounding my chest, screaming, we them boys, how about them Cowboys? Like, there's been a lot of pain. It's been a long time since they've won a Super Bowl. And uh, plenty of times this year they didn't show up. It's week to week, right? They lost to the Commanders two weeks ago it depends what team shows up really what Dak Prescott shows up so I'm not thinking that they're going to go and beat Nick Bosa and Fred Warner and Debo Samuel and George Kittle and you know those guys are tough and Brock Purdy obviously he's uh Mr. Relevant no more Mr. Relevant can they make him look like a rookie he's 6-0 and he's due for a loss right he, he looked like a rookie at some points in that game against the Seahawks but you know there's, there's so much talent around him uh, all he's got to do is distribute the ball. I don't know. It's The NFL is awesome. The NFL is king. The storylines write themselves. I can't wait to see how it plays out. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Dallas fan that uh, lived in Jersey. And when I was a kid, I didn't know where Dallas was. There was no New Jersey football team. And I was a front runner with the Super Bowl wins in the early 90s. But now I'm on the radio in New York. I, you know, I root for the Giants. I root for the Jets. Uh, but I'm loyal to the team that I chose as a kid. I want to see them win. But I'm not necessarily, uh, you know, delusional about it. Like I, I know what I'm watching. I know that they're not, um, they're not consistent. They've they've had some uh, disappointing losses this year, and uh, 
rookie quarterback and Brock Purdy could definitely still handle the Dallas Cowboys. Keith, we'll end with this. I, I know you're also a Yankee guy. We had a caller about 15 minutes ago who made a comparison to what's going on with your kicker in Dallas to Chuck Knobloch back in the day. And I also brought up Rick, <laughs> Rick and Keel. I mean, it's, it's obviously uh, in his yeah. head. I mean, it's in his head. Like, there's, I don't think there's any way a professional NFL kicker, and he's not a bad one, could miss five straight extra points unless it's in his head. I mean, do you think they're going to get a new kicker this week, or are they bringing this guy to San Francisco? No, they've gone through enough kickers over the years. Brett Maher is one of the best kickers in the league. I was talking last night about how I had him in fantasy. He was the number two ranked kicker in fantasy. First round of the fantasy football playoffs, he had 18 points for me. That helped me win the game. But last night was just odd. I'm like, is this guy shook? Because it's the only game on? Or like, this is a guy that can drill 55, 60-yard field goals. He can't hit extra points. After he missed the second one, I would have started going for two. I don't know what Mike McCarthy was doing. Uh, I literally was thinking they were leaving the door open for Tom Brady. I'm like, you can't leave points off the board. You can't leave points off the board. But, yeah, it was just one of those weird things. I I always call the Cowboys America's team to laugh at. And even against the worst team in the playoffs, a 50-year-old Tom Brady, they give you something to laugh at. They're extra points. They missed the first four of them. Like, there's always just something with the Cowboys that makes everybody laugh. It's unbel- It always is, Keith. Hopefully next week here we'll have you back on and we'll get ready for an NFC title game. Keith, have a good night, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Joe. There okay. he goes. Keith McPherson, WFAN up in New York. Cowboys fan in Giants. And, uh, of course, we have ourselves a couple great games in the NFC this weekend. Right, let's hear from Nick Sirianni. I promise we play him tonight. Sirianni today meeting with the media. Here's what he had to say about Devontae Maddox, about Lane Johnson, obviously about Jalen Hurts and the, uh, the matchup to come about the Giants. Here is Nick Sirianni. Nick, what's the, the difference between the, the lead-up and the prep for this game, this playoff game, compared to your debut, playoff debut last year? Lead-up and difference? Nothing. Nothing. No, we, uh, we, you always, you're trying to perfect your process and and tweak it. And so there's obviously little different things that you've done that you've added over the year. Um, like, Hey, we'll add this or we take this out. So there's, there's little, little things like that, that are, that are changed, but you know, you don't just change, you don't just change in, in, in the same thing. What's the difference between this, uh, preparation now today and the one against Detroit? Nothing, right? It's it doesn't it doesn't the moment of the game uh, and who we're playing and where we're playing or what that doesn't change, right? And and that's you know been our consistent message all year and what our players know and what our players do is you get ready for each game and you treat each game exactly the same um, because every game's big in this league. Nick, what are some of the advantages and disadvantages of facing a team you have so much familiarity with? Um, you know, I, I, I guess you would say that. They they know us well and we know them well. You, it's you know you know the personnel you know the personnel really well. You know the schemes really well, um, and so there's advantages and disadvantages to both ends of that. And so um, again, you go through your process. You have a process for everything. You got a process for a Monday night game. You got a process for a Thursday night game. You have a process for the second or third time that you play a team um, that you're trying to go through uh, in that matter. But you know it's familiarity is you know and that can be both good and bad um, because it's not like we're we're just familiar with them. They're familiar with us as well. What's your feeling for how uh, Jalen is feeling and functioning now relative to you know, the last time he was getting ready for the Giants? Yeah, I mean, same thing. I'm going to tell you, he's, he's better today than he was two weeks ago, right? And he's continuing to get better, and he feels and he feels good. I'll let him tell you how he feels. Um, but um, looking forward to seeing him go out there and, and practice today and, and go through everything today. Nick, your philosophy of 
shorter training camp practices, days off in camp, walk through Wednesdays, uh, all that stuff, getting guys off their off their feet. Uh, what what kind of made you believe in that when you first got here, and how much do you think it's paid off this year? Long season, um, really long season, and and you go th- and you take goods, you take things that were good at places you've been in the past, and and, th- and head coaches did things in the past, and you and you take things that are bad, and you look at your team, and you and you want to keep these guys healthy. It's a it's a long, long season. Seventeen weeks is long, and then obviously when you're playing in the playoffs, it's even longer in the preseason, and so you're trying to do what you you can do uh, to keep them healthy while still. Um, making sure they're ready physically, making sure they're ready uh, mentally, all those different things. And so, um, you know, really, really do a, a, like the way we practiced here. Obviously, we've, it's, it's helped us. Now we've had some dings along the way, just like, just like every team. Um, but we feel like we're pretty healthy going into this playoffs. And, um, you know, and, and that's a tribute to all the people that, that work to um, – make sure that the play, you know, gave me the information and I got to make the decision. That's what I feel is best for the team. But all the people that gave me the information that I needed from our trainers and our training staff and our, um, and our strength staff and our doctors of, you know, what could be best uh, for our guys' health and, um, and everything. What was Sunday like for you? Did, you? did you guys watch the games at home? Were you here? We were here. And then just like turning the page, watching that game yeah we were here uh we were preparing like you know you at that point you have uh three different teams you can get ready for and uh you know we were we were preparing for the teams and um did a lot of work on the giants that day um just so happened to be a lot of work on the giants that day and uh so you know we we guess right there yeah it's on in the it's on in the background as you're as you're as you're going uh you're you're more focused on that than you normally would be because you're you're looking in back and forth, seeing how things played out, um, and uh, you know, so yeah, it was on while we were while we were planning. Um, you know, we just wanted to get in pads again uh, to uh, make sure we got some some good on good work, some speed work, some so we can uh, be physical and be also work on some of the run game stuff. That you might not get quite as much of when you when you don't have pads on because we wanted to work on the fundamentals. So you know that that was the main emphasis is really working hard on our fundamentals. Um, you know, again, I say this all the time that this team's going to call good play and this team's going to call good play and this player's going to be good and this player's going to be good. What is it? What gives right? And that and that is going to be fundamental. So we worked on the fundamentals of our plays and fundamentals of the football. Um, that was a big emphasis last week. Situational football was a big emphasis last week. Um, and you know, and so those were those are two big things that we really worked on. And uh, obviously, we did a lot of self scout just like we did uh, coming off the the um, bye week in the in the year as well. Yeah, I mean, he's he does what he needs to do to win the football game. Uh, you know, I know that's uh, their philosophy. It's all of our philosophies. Do what you got to do to win the football game. So, obviously, I wasn't in their game plan meetings of, of saying, hey, this is what the Vikings do on offense, and this is how he needs to call it. Um, you know, we noticed how he called it, and, you know, just watched it from there. When you go back to your first experience in the playoffs, you said the preparation doesn't change, but what did you learn as a head coach and your staff and in that environment for the first time. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe that was my first environment in, as a as a head coach, um, you know, but it, it really it keeps coming back to the same thing. You don't, 
just because you're in this moment doesn't mean you change anything about how you go about about your business, right? You don't you don't put more emphasis on um, ball security or taking or, or taking the ball away because if you do it now, it wasn't important leading up to it. And so, really, it just keeps coming back to that. Like, you know, we got good experience of being in the playoffs last year. Obviously, it didn't end the way we wanted it to end, um, but. It was my experience with everything last year, really, is like don't look too far ahead, stay in the moment. And I know that makes for a boring press conference at times, um, but it truly is like be in the moment, be where you are. And that to me, that's what good teams do. That's what good uh, good players do. And I think that's what good coaches do. And so um, that that's what I guess what, what taught me the most is just continue to be where you are. And that's what last year, I think last year more so than that game particularly, but last year was what that – you know, Nick, what I was taught. Does Maddox have a chance this week at all, or is he still a little ways? Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, you know, he's he's still pushing through. He's getting better. Um, but we'll see on him. You guys will get the practice report of, of everybody at practice. Jalen, do you have to kind of manage him a little bit today, or is he going to be a full go? Yeah, he'll be he'll be ready to roll today, full go. And then Elaine has kind of de- declared himself ready. You have to keep an eye on him. Yeah, you always are going to watch the guys that you want to make sure uh, they're progressing the way they're supposed to, so they're ready to go on on, on Saturday. Nick, that, that decision. What the, Giants, what the Giants looked like on Sunday versus the first time that you played them on December 11th. Do you see any differences uh, the way they're playing? Um, you know, yeah, there, there's some there's some different things that they're doing. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, they're good coaches and and they got good players. And and when you have good coaches. Um, you know they're going to adapt to what they're doing well, and, and they had a bye week over the time that we played them, and they've had you know some time off. They've had you know time to self-diagnose, and show, so sure because those you know because uh, Wink and and Dable and Kafka and all that, and Bobby Johnson and and Mike Grow because all those guys I respect a lot, and they're and they're good coaches. Um, you know they're going to figure out what they're doing well, and they're going to try to 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 repeat that. And uh, and so sure you see some differences in that aspect. You got to go. Get it out, or you're going to get passed up again. Go. What when? Um, yeah, just that was just our, our decision to make sure that uh, he's continuing to progress the way we want to. That, that decision, that decision you made um, to give up the play calling duties, and, and um, I, I, there are a lot of, I think three of the four coaches in the final four are this, have done the same thing, or that's the way they operate. How freeing has that been for you? And uh, the record's pretty good. Yeah, um, you know, it helps me manage the game better, um, in, in my opinion. And it helps me uh, be involved with the defense. I don't want to be – I don't want to look down at my call sheet. And I'm, I'm going through and I'm doing that at times. But I want to make sure I'm I'm there with the defense and, and, and saying whatever I need to to Jonathan or the players. And same thing with special teams. Um, you know, if I need to talk to a ref, if I need to, you know, managing the game's the biggest thing, though. That's my job as the head coach is to manage the game. And again, everybody does it a little bit differently. I get it. And and, and uh, what works best for us um, is is that I do it this way. Uh, and you know, so that you know, that's where we are. I think we, we like our processes how, of how we're going. Again, we're always trying to tweak it and make it better. But I got great coaches that I'm able to to lean on there. And Shane's doing a great job of calling it. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we like what, the process and the way it's going, and so it's it's worked out well for us. Two more, please. How would you how would you qualify Daniel Jones as a, a scrambler? You're new. As a, you, where you're new? Where'd you come from? Uh, I just snuck in the back. Okay. Uh, how would you qualify? I'm just kidding. How would you qualify Daniel Jones as a scrambler? Um, and how do you 
prepare, what, what's the process of preparing your team, someone like that versus, you know, someone like Hurts? Yeah. Well, shoot. The good thing is they got a lot of, you know, they got a lot of reps versus a guy like Hurts. Um, and, you know, so Jano Jones is dangerous uh, in the pocket. And when he gets out of the pocket, he's, he's, he's really playing really good football. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's continuing to get better. Hats off to him and, and that coaching staff for, for allowing that to happen. Um, but, you know, that, that's, that's one thing you always uh, are appreciative of is that these guys, you know, the two practices that we had last week, um, you know, because Jalen still, he may not have thrown, but he'd still practiced last week. And then, um, you know, all the training camp practices, all the good versus good, good periods, you know, they, they've, they've had to defend a quarterback with that ability to scramble. And so we feel like we got a lot of good reps at it. But, you know, we know, we know also that, um, that, that he obviously how dangerous he is and how good we're going to have to be um, to, to do the things we need to do to be successful in this game against uh, Daniel. Hey, going back to the, uh, going back to, guys watching the Giants Vikings game can you just provide a little color like what room it's in what coaches you're with and, and what it's like when you know play happens as you guys are kind of in the midst of that uh yeah scott uh Kinnicky guys i want i was like kind of craving a pizza hut stuffed crust pizza which is i haven't had that in a while it's, that's not something i get to get at home um so we had that um it was in the offensive staff room um uh yeah, I won't get into that. Um, competitive advantage. Yeah, the competitive advantage. Um, you know, the only thing that's negative about doing it in there, maybe I'll have to talk to Pat Dolan, is you can't rewind a play in there. Like, we, but you should be able to because you could at home, right? Because you got it on the. But apparently, like in our meeting upstairs, you couldn't. Like, hey, what was that play? Rewind that. What did they do to Jefferson there, or what did they do to, um, you know, uh, on that particular play? You can't rewind, and I got to wait for the replay. So, but that's kind of you know sat, sat in there. It was because you're in. You know, obviously, I'm in with the offense, getting the offensive game plan done. Gannon's with the defense and, and Coach Clay's with the special team. So it was all the offensive coaches that were in there watching it as we as we planned. Um, Kevin Petula always turns the volume down like my mom would like back in the day, like, hey, hey well, no, we're working. I'm going to turn this down. I said, turn it back up. Like, so that that's something that happened in there. And, uh, yeah, uh, that's I, that's some good insight. There you go for it. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, that might be in the game plan this week, so I don't want to talk about it. All right. And there's the whole Pizza Hut exchange with Sirianni from yesterday. Uh, also, it's interesting in some of the play callers. Uh, which which play callers? Say that again? He did, he said that today. I said yesterday? Yes. Yeah, it's late. It feels like yesterday to me. From Might to- as well. Th- from today. Like the seven play- hours ago. Uh, that was interesting. Three of the four play callers in the NFC. Hey, coach, they're not the play callers, even though they're all offensive guys. Shanahan, the only one that calls plays. We'll talk more about that. Your phone calls, 215-592-9494. When we get back. We'll also get into the Sixers. Trust the pregame before their game against the Clippers tonight right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley's behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard. Confidence or concern with this Eagles team heading into a playoff game against the Giants on Saturday. I'm confident. I, mean, I, I, I feel good about this one, especially when we saw the news today. Jalen Hurts off the injury report. All right, let's try to guess the next couple days. So according to Sirianni, the, the way practice is going to go this week, Light practice today, walkthrough, heavy tomorrow, maybe a little less heavy Thursday just because, you know, the, the game's Saturday. If he's off the injury report, Tucker, you're, you're our injury report guy around here. Do you think that would lead us to believe he's off the injury report? Yeah, I mean, that would make me believe that he won't be on it at all. Because even when you do have a walkthrough like today, and they, they always use the term estimated, that's estimated as if there was a full practice. So that may, leads me to believe that if today was a full practice – he would have been out there with no limitations and to the point where they don't consider that shoulder injury, you know, anything that's that's limiting him in any way. But the Eagles like to rest a lot of players mm. the second day of the week. That's what they've been doing in a while. Like usually on Thursday, their injury report grows from like four players to 15 because everyone over the age of 26 gets the day off. I could see Jalen Hurts being added to that group of, of guys like A.J. Brown, Jason Kelsey. Lane Johnson's already limited with his his groin injury, so – I say he's off today. I would bet he's limited tomorrow due to rest, and then he's back off on on Friday. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, So the other thing I thought about today with Hurts being off the injury report. So if we kind of follow the pattern, and and again, in a best-case scenario, his shoulder is fully healed. It continues to stay together, right? You know, whatever status it is right now, the ligament, the the joint, it's all, you know, in, in a good place. The, the more I think about it, the more I think this Saturday game actually helps the Eagles. And it might be a minor, it might be a very minor help, but it could pay some dividends. We talk about, you know, inches deciding maybe a trip to the Super Bowl or not. So, so hear me out on this. So think about this timeline for Jalen Hurts and how he's practiced slash played the last four or five weeks. He got hurt in Chicago. Didn't play against the Dallas Cowboys. Didn't play against the New Orleans Saints. Came back to play. What was the story last week? Played. Didn't get hit much because right, he didn't run. It wasn't like he took a ton of contact, but he played. 
through. He was very sore. Barely did anything earlier on the week. And then by now, right, we get a couple days out from that game, that week that just passed. Now he seems like he's ready to go. So it seems like every day or a couple days makes a big difference with this, this situation. So I said for a couple weeks, and I think the most difficult week for him is going to be the week in between this game and the championship game in the NFC against the Niners or the Cowboys because that's his least amount of rest time. If the Eagles could get through and make the Super Bowl, it would be like this all over again where he gets the bye week and then hopefully he'd be full practice and, and, and good to go for the Super Bowl. So I actually think this game being on Saturday – can help them even if it's just a little bit because it gives him one extra day, Tucker, before the NFC Championship. Let's assume he's sore after the game. He plays, he plays normal, takes some shots, throws 30 times or whatever. He's going to be, I would imagine, unless he's fully, fully healed, he's going to be sore again. That extra day could matter before the game next Sunday against the Niners. The Niners game or Cowboys, that feels like physically it's going to be his most challenging game. Yeah, I just think in general, I mean, the Eagles are going to go through the NFC playoffs with the rest advantage in every game. Right, with the way this Saturday versus Sunday works out, yeah. right? Because they have the full week by before playing the Giants. And then because they're playing on a short week this week, technically, even though they had the bye, they get the 49ers or the Cowboys with an extra day of rest heading into Championship Sunday. I mean, if you had to script how you wanted this to go and how you wanted the schedule to go, I just don't think this could be any more perfect. And the idea, if you want to add in storylines, the fact that you get to play maybe your two toughest division rivals on the road to the Super Bowl, and then maybe you end up playing against Andy Reid when you get there. I don't know. I, I think storybook-wise, this is laid out perfectly for the Eagles. Yeah, and it's similar rest-wise uh, in a potential title game to 2017 because the Eagles, remember, they played the Saturday game of uh, division around weekend. They play actually the first game of division around weekend against the against the Falcons five years ago, the 430 kick. Uh, they played that game, and then the next day, I believe the last – is it, the, is it the same thing, if I remember correctly? It was either the last game or maybe it was the, the Sunday early window. I forget which window. The Vikings and the Saints played in 2017. It was like it was the Minneapolis Miracle. It was on Sunday because the Eagles played Saturday, Vikings Sunday. So they had the rest advantage then too. I think it was the later game that day. I remember I was working at Best Buy at the time. I watched it on my phone. So I actually – so my memory of that game was I had the game – paused. I feel like I had a pause on DVR. Maybe it was like I was helping put the kids to bed. My kids were very young at that point. And so I paused it with like five minutes to go in the game. I was like, I was just, you know, I'll go down and I'll, re- I'll watch it for when they fall asleep. And I remember my phone was in my pocket or on the table or something. And I kept getting like, I must've gotten like 15 texts. And I was like, oh boy, something crazy happened in this game for all these people I know to want. Yeah, that was a 430 game. So it would end like eight, seven thirty. That makes yeah, sense. About that. Yeah. They're, babies and they're trying to get into bed so that that and I went back to the I was like oh my goodness that's that's a ridiculous but again it was the same type of thing where the Eagles played Saturday the other NFC game was Sunday and they had the the rest advantage over whoever was going to be it's it's you know it, be changed four times in the last three minutes of that game it's crazy I mean that it's that, a game like it, we remember Stefan Diggs catch but Kamara had a touchdown to put the Saints up Vikings came back kicked a field goal 90 seconds left to go up Saints came back to field goal with 25 seconds to go to go up, and then the play everybody remembers. So if uh, I've said for a while this year reminds me of 2017, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Brock Purdy and the Niners are favorites here next week in an NFC title game. Who's playing the role of uh, – it was Diggs, right? Diggs caught the pass? So if Brock Purdy's our new Case Keenum, who's going to catch the pass for the Niners? The uh, I don't know what you call it. It's not Candlestick anymore. The Santa Clara Miracle, whatever the dumb stadium name is. 
What's the name of that stadium? Levi's Stadium? Levi's Stadium. The Denim Miracle. Who's, who's catching the pass from Purdy to win the game if it's a miracle? Ayuk? I mean, Debo Samuel's too easy. I think Brandon Ayuk is the way to go. Brandon Ayuk catches a, a bomb from Brock Purdy. And the Blue Jean Miracle. The Blue Jean Miracle. As the, and the Niners win against the Cowboys. All right, let's get to a Trust the Prairie game here. Delivered to you by PGW. PGW delivering safe, reliable energy to Philadelphia for more than 180 years. PGW Energy for all of us. Visit pgworks.com for details. Sixers and the Clippers tonight. How about this road trip so far? The Sixers are, I mean, obviously they're, they're winning. Uh, they're doing it in fashion that doesn't usually happen. I mean, these, I mean, the razor thin margins on both Saturday and Sunday. So they won their Sunday game against the Lakers, 113 112. And the night before in Utah, 118 117. And beat, obviously, with the winner on Saturday. So Saturday and beat at 30. Maxi 21, Harden 31. Boy, Harden on Saturday night, 11 of 19, 4 of 10 from 3, 31-11-6 for Harden in the, in that Utah game on Saturday night. And then Sunday, and that's a tough spot on a back-to-back against the Lakers. I mean, LeBron James had a ridiculous game uh, you know, to get to 38,000 points for his career. But Embiid again, and you look at the box score from Sunday night, Embiid 35, Harden 24-13. and 13. And what do we think about the Maxi thing? Maxi... He's the one that presented the idea to Doc Rivers that he comes off the bench. I do think it's an interesting concept for this reason. Has anyone seen any of the defensive numbers since Maxi came back? They're a pretty bad defensive team with Maxi on the court, but we know what Maxi could do offensively, and we know what kind of burst he brings. Look, if it works for Maxi, I mean, he's a, a, a player that I think we all now think about. In terms of the, the you know the future of this franchise, if Maxi's good with coming off the bench, I, I'm okay with it. It improves your second unit, and I think it makes your defense in the first unit better because Melton's obviously a better defensive player tonight. Starting five at the Clippers: Harden, Melton, Tobias, Tucker, and Bead. So we are back to Maxi coming off the bench. I think it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, and Tyrese is still going to play 30 minutes tonight. I think he played 33 yep. in the last game, even though he came off the bench. But I think a lot of this relies on Anthony Mountain, who hasn't really played that well. You look at his splits in January, he's averaging like seven points and, and three rebounds a game. But if he can play up to the guy that we saw in December and he can knock down threes and he can be an above average, I don't want to ask him to be a lockdown defender on the wing. I think that's a bit above his pay grade. But if he can be an above average defender, it just makes him a lot more versatile. And it's something that I think having Tyrese Maxey as a secondary ball handler, being the guy that can you know kind of run the second unit, it makes this team deeper. It does, and I also think it gives them a, a better chance to stagger the Harden Maxey minutes. Look, we could be honest: Harden and Maxey is a bad defensive backcourt. They get they get torched. I mean, I think if they could stagger those minutes, it, here's what it does: it allows one of them to always be on the floor handling the ball, and and offensively. This is a good team when either of those guys are running the show. I mean, I think it makes them – if you tell me right now they're both going to play the same amount of minutes, but Maxi and Harden are going to share the floor less by a little bit, so that means it's less minutes where they're getting torched, those two. I mean, I don't know what the numbers are with those two on the court and the backcourt together. I would imagine they're not a good defensive team. I mean, I just would think they get torched more when those two are together because if you have one good ball handler, which – Neither of those guys are very good at guarding them. So they're going to get through and get a lot of penetration. If you stagger them, you always have a good offensive guard on the floor. 
and maybe it's a couple less minutes a night when no, no one can guard anyone back there. Yeah, uh, Derek Bodner put this up yesterday. I thought it was interesting. Um, the Sixers were without both Maxi and Harden, or one or the other, from November 4th to December 27th. They were first defense in the NBA. They were 19th in offense, and then when they came back, they went to third in offense and 22nd in defense. Yeah, this feels like a, an attempt at a happy medium there. Like, look, we have these two guys. They're obviously you know, gifted offensive players, and they provide a lot of our offense, but it's hard to play both of them together defensively. Yeah, yeah, I think if you look, I'm sure I think they're top 10 in both offense and defense, which is astounding, but the way they've gotten there, they never really have done both at the same time. Yeah, that's one of those stats where can they do that from now until the rest of the season? Because those, those are the kind of teams that win championships. I mean, you go through teams that get to the finals, win the finals. There usually are top 10 in both offense and defense. But are, like, it's weird. Like, is this team that's placed tonight, are they really both? Or have they just have been that as a, as a whole for the year when you add it all together? I don't know. Um, but I do think, and I've been saying this for about a month now, there's, there's way more positive with the Sixers then there's been negative over the last six weeks. This team has played good basketball. I mean, I, I, I'm not sitting here saying I think there's going to be a parade this year, but I'd also be lying if I haven't been impressed. Right now, the Sixers come into tonight 27 and 16, and that is good for fourth in the Eastern Conference. They're actually tied for fifth. Um, they've played a couple less games, I guess, than the Cavs. Cavs are 28 and 17. They're 27 and 16. So the Cavs have one more win, also one more loss. So their winning percentage is a little bit above. So. It certainly feels like to me there is three tiers of the Eastern Conference. There is one tier, and that is Boston. Boston is five, is four and a half games clear of everybody else. They've won seven in a row again. Boston had a great start to the season, cooled off a little bit. They've got really hot again. Um, they're seventeen and five at home. They're sixteen and seven away. Their point differential is clearly, and I mean clearly, the best in the Eastern Conference. So they're a tier above. But then you look right now, Brooklyn, Milwaukee. Philadelphia, Cleveland. That's the next tier. And I think the next, what, three months will be de- will determine how those four teams are seeded. Who gets the two? Who gets the three? Who gets the four? Who has home court in the first round and the second round? And also, I think I think it's a pretty big deal to who of those four teams avoids Boston in the second round. Doesn't it feel like the Sixers' chances to get to the Eastern Conference Finals hinges on can you avoid First of all, can you get home court in the first round? Because right now they are the four or five, so they're they're with that Cleveland. You know, they're, they're right now they'd have home court over Cleveland, but it's a half a game, or it's it's tied. And can you get to the two three range so you avoid the Boston Celtics in the second round? That that feels like what the next three months are going to be about. Can the Sixers position themselves well for the postseason where they're a two or a three seed and they could avoid Boston until the Eastern Conference Finals, have home court in one maybe two series. That that's what I'm watching the next couple of months. I don't think the catch in Boston. I don't think anyone is. I mean, Boston is, I think, in a different tier. So I go Boston tier one, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Cleveland tier two, and then it's tier three, right? It's the Knicks, it's the Heat, it's the Pacers, it's the Hawks, and then whatever. In the bottom, I don't care about the the, the Bulls and Toronto. I, I would think Toronto would find their way in because they're well coached. But that that that's tier three. The Sixers play better than I thought they were. They're twenty-seven and sixteen now. Tonight, if we talk specifically about tonight's game um, on Trust the Pregame here, this feels like a little bit of a tough spot. So Paul George is back tonight. We're getting the word that Paul George is going to play. How long has he been out? I didn't know he was out. Well, aren't they always out? The you Clippers? can tell me that he hasn't played in six months. I would believe you. 
All right, here are their starters tonight. Terrence Mann, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Marcus Morris, and, and Zubak. I never know what to do with the Clippers. Doesn't it feel like they're the ultimate? I don't, I don't even know what comparison. They're just, they're the tease of the NBA. Like, could I, you can make a case right now. They're all, like, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are healthy in the West. There's no dominant team in the Western Conference. If you told me right now, Joe, the Clippers are going to end up in the Western Conference Finals or Finals, I, I wouldn't say you're crazy. I also say they don't play together. They never have chemistry. They get hot for two weeks at a time. Yeah, they could beat anyone. Couldn't they also have one or two of these guys out and go out in the first round? I never know what to make of the Clippers. Here's what I do know. They're usually a good defensive team, and they're usually a very good defensive team at home. That, that has been the Clippers for a while now. I like their coach. In fact, that, that I, I'm watching the coach tonight. I wanted the Sixers to hire. Ty Lue's the guy I wanted during that, that cycle. Remember those Ty Lue rumors out there? Yeah, you and John Johnson both. Yeah, I mean, John Johnson got me all excited that day when he uh, obviously he, he had heard that Lou was was a potential to be the guy and then it didn't work out or whatever happened there. I was a Ty Lue guy. I wanted Ty Lue to be the coach of the Sixers. Didn't work out, and we got stuck with Doc Rivers, which has been, you know, underwhelming to say the least. I'm a, I'm a Ty Lue fan. I think the, the Clippers have the coaching advantage tonight. Uh, the Sixers played a couple games in a row. Tonight tonight could be the letdown spot of the West Coast trip. I mean, that it kind of set up for that. Clippers are a small favorite in this game. I'm kind of it's kind of interesting the Clippers aren't a bigger favorite. You know, when Howard brought up earlier that he he'd bet the Clippers tonight, he would take them. Didn't you expect more than one and a half? I kind of thought the Clippers would be like a two, two and a half, three and a half point favorite. I thought it was closer to four when I checked this morning. And it was two before we got on the air. And now it's one and a half. The Sharps are on the Sixers. Which is tough. NBA teams aren't really winning on the road this year anyway, but your third game on the road, this is your third straight West Coast game. I think they have at least two more this week coming up. Yeah, and you won both by one point each. And so they were tough games. You know, Ruben Frank said that's their first time in franchise history they've won back-to-back games by one point. Ever? Ever. I thought you were going to say like on a on a road trip or a West Coast trip. Like even road trip would have made sense because it's just tough to win on the road. Like to win back to back road games. Wow, you would think by accident that would have happened. That that's a pretty remarkable statistic. First time since 1979. I mean, still, it's a really long time. That's rem- here's my guess: Sixers do not win by one tonight. Maybe they win. They're not winning by one tonight. That's going to happen three times. All right, trust the pregame delivered to you by PGW. PGW delivering. Safe, reliable energy to Philadelphia for more than 100 years. PGW Energy for all of us. Visit pgworks.com for details. All right, coming up next, and it is what I'm watching for. I'm watching and listening to what Jody Mack has to say. It's sponsored by Xfinity Mobile. Xfinity Mobile, the sponsor of WIP's Xfinity Mobile Lounge, a different kind of mobile network designed to save you money. Jody Mack next, right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 